You know what the world needs? Another podcast. That's why we started this one. It's episode two. You can listen to it on your way to school, on your way across campus. You probably shouldn't listen to it while you're doing work, but there's nothing wrong with a little 15-minute study break to catch the Prefect Report podcast with Jared Sloan, uh, the amazing editor of the Prefect Report, Jordan Mitchell, and the equally amazing co-host, Ben Mandigo. Uh, we have a bunch of things to talk about today, but I want to start with the most important story, which is Arthur Bishop Westhouse backing up his victory in house soccer by also winning the upper school cross-country run. That's right, even MSO's high-tech keycard stickers couldn't make them better than us. Uh, as I was saying to Ben yesterday, I went with my usual very intelligent strategy of um, sticking with the leaders for about 800 meters and then dying a slow, painful death the rest of the race. Uh, I think I still managed to limp in around 15th, which I guess wasn't terrible, but enough about me. Ben Jordan, how did you feel about your final upper school cross-country race? Well, I don't know about you, Ben. Pretty disappointing. Got a total of about 70 cramps in the middle of the race. Probably finished 102nd place, not 102nd. Place, I'm not sure. Yeah, classic yeah. cramp excuse. I love it. <laughs> you know who I was very impressed by was was the hockey boys. Like, yeah. talk about multi-sport athletes. Like, Gleb was the winner of the uh, senior race, and Max Chu was the win- winner of the um, midget or junior. I don't. I don't really know the names, but yeah, that off ice training is clearly paying off. And I think the, the junior girl winner was also a hockey girl. Well, you know what I didn't understand? Uh, before the race, Mr. Treadway was saying something like, this is the 128th running of the event and the 125th version where the trophy will be awarded to the winner. Like, what did they do the first three years? Did they have, like, everyone run the race and then they just uh, pulled a name out of a hat to see who'd get the trophy? <laughs> anyway. Uh, we have a new segment to get to. Uh, usually we like to use our platform on the Prefect Report to uh, give people shout-outs when they do something commendable. Uh, but today we're going to do the opposite. We're making a list, and it is a list you don't want to be on. It's a list for people who do things that they're not supposed to, uh, who do things they should know better than to do. So we're going to start with the people who skipped a lap, or tried to skip a lap, of the cross-country race. You just made the list! <laughs> yeah, like, if you skip the race altogether, uh, we're not going to condone that at all, but it's probably still better from an ethical point of view than trying to cheat your way into a high finish. Uh, next up... Wait, we wait, have- before we go on, I just want to single out the four boys from AV East who um, decided to either run the wrong race or skip altogether. You just made the list! <laughs> Without your uh, passion and drive for uh, the cross-country run, then uh, AB East would have came first. (laughs) Okay, next up we have the people who are not putting their trays away before leaving the dining hall. You just made the list! I think this one really bothers us as prefects because it's such an easy job. Like, you don't even have to clear your tray like you do in lower school. You literally have to lift it up and walk it over to the tray racks. I think we're all capable of that. Which, by the way, you have to walk by to get out of the <laughs> Alright, lastly, we have the people who aren't watching the prefect report. 
You just made the list! Especially Nicole Capilotto. She's a co-host of the show, and I'm pretty sure she hasn't even watched, like, half the episodes. But she didn't listen to the podcast, I think, and she said she actually liked it. This is something <laughs> she would listen to on a weekly basis, so... Shout out to her for that. She can be back off the list. We're joined now by Abby Sullivan, who played a schoolgirl in this year's fall theater production, Girls Like That. Welcome to the show, Abby. Hi, thanks for having me. This year's theater production was a complete female cast. How do you think that went for this year's uh, play, Abby? I think it worked really well with the all-female cast because it's really rare in modern day that you see a whole thing directed by females, lighting designed by females, acting... And it was just a lot of fun to be surrounded by a group of sisters and also have amazing brothers who were working backstage hard at work, like Jason and Jacob and Quinn. Their work did not go unnoticed as well. And uh, the directors, Ms. Fournier and Ms. Bogona, did an excellent job choosing an all-female cast. So were you on stage for the entire play? Yes, me and I think 13 other girls were on stage for the entire play. We had our main protagonist, Scarlett, exit and enter the stage at some times. And we also had four amazing actors, Lada Razic, Vega Armstrong, Georgie Murphy, and Angela Dowdu, who played monologues of women in history who faced adversity in the workplace and adversity in society. They left the stage just for a couple of minutes to get their quick changes, and Olivia Reynolds had to leave the stage to transform into the girl from the other school, but for most of the part, we were all on stage the entire time. Yeah, so what's it like as an actor to be on stage for 90 consecutive minutes? Because I'm assuming that's pretty uh, uncommon in theater. Yeah, it's very uncommon, but we were very fortunate that we were given time to break during the monologues. We were facing towards the back wall, and we had time to catch our breath, because that was usually followed after the dance numbers, and... It was still very draining to be on stage for 45 minutes just with the lights and engaging your diaphragm, but overall it was challenging, but we overcame it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool to look back at uh, where Ridley drama originated and that all of our plays and our theater productions were completely male cast. And You look at the message of this play and you look at the dynamic that this play offered to the audience. Um, it, was, it was pretty incredible to see um, what you guys did this year. And, um, Maybe you could speak a little bit to our audience who didn't have the opportunity to go, what the message behind this play was and just kind of the, the plot of this play. So we start off in class when we're in history and we all get this photo of our classmate Scarlett and a nude photo of her got leaked around the school. And the play really revolves around how girls attack each other for this. And we never really liked Scarlett growing up because she just always had this confidence and we didn't like that about her. And then right around the middle of the play, uh, the main boy that we all f fancy and have a crush, Russell, his nudes get released. And then it analyzes society's double standards when everyone's fawning over Russell and boys are calling him legends and high-fiving him, whereas Paige Scarlet gets the crap beaten out of her for getting her nudes sent around school. So what was it like as an actor, or an actress, sorry, um, to go up on stage and um, obviously the dialogue was pretty explicit. What was it like to go up on stage and um, use such coarse language in front of your family and your, your friends and your teachers? And it was very difficult at first, our first rehearsal where we sat through and read through the script and I saw my first line was hooker and I had to say that 
in front of Ms. Fournier, Ms. Blagona, and my classmates, I didn't mind as much, but the opening night when my dad and mom were in the front row, I was kind of terrified, but soon got over that, because I'm like, it's going to get worse from here, so might as well rip that band-aid off. People have been asking me um, if I think it's a realistic um, depiction of high school life, and I really know that kind of falls outside my social circle, so maybe you could speak more about that, Abby. Do you think uh, this is an example of truth-telling, as you said, in the program? Um, it, it was fairly realistic. It was written by an older man, so his years in school obviously were different than ours, but in some scenes when Paige would just be walking down the hallway and we'd just sit there and gossip about her and she would say hi to us and we wouldn't answer, that's realistic. And the scenes with the boys where it's the boy Jay did not want to look at the photo and everyone started calling him gay just because he respected women, that's something... The gay J line is something I've heard said in our own hallways sometimes, and it, I think it is a very realistic depiction on high school. So thank you, Abby, for coming on this program. I personally very much enjoyed um, this year's fall production, and I'm sure I can speak for the rest of the school as well in saying that the message did come across really strong to everyone in attendance. Is there anything that you want to say um, about this production? I want to say thank you to everyone who came out Mr. Nickerson told us on Friday night that was the fullest he's ever seen in the Mandeville Theater in his six years working at Ridley for a fall production. And we want to thank you. Not only did you guys show up, but you were paying attention. You weren't on your phones because we can see when people are on their phones from on stage. We know who you are because your face gets illuminated and no one was talking. And we really just appreciated you guys taking the time out of your day to come and appreciate what we worked so hard on in the first term. Great. Thank you, Abby, for coming on. So I want to start off this interview by apologizing to our um, listeners. So essentially, on the Keeping Up With Hank story, I put out a, a survey that said, do you want to be featured on the Prefect Report? And um, it was a yes or no. And I think there were about 30 or 40 people who responded yes. And to every single person who responded yes, I sent them an essay-long uh, response. <laughs> Many of them went uh, just read and no reply. But one of the people who did respond to me was Stephen Key. And Stephen Key is joined by us now. He uh, wrote back to me saying, hey there, thanks for reaching out to me. So I was thinking of talking about Waddle United Nations Club at Ridley College and the importance of public speaking and decision making in the workplace. I, I also wish to broadcast my own YouTube channel to the school. It features traditional Asian cuisines per, uh, prepared prepares and recorded by me. Uh, what do you say? So, Stephen, uh, you obviously have a lot to talk about, so what do you want to lead off by telling our viewers? Alright, thank you. It's honor to be here today, so um, I'm, to leading off, I'm going to start talking about the, um, uh, the social awareness part and the importance of public speaking in the workforce. So as you may be aware, we are really a pretty small community, and we live in this community, we live together, we study together, we do sports together, but sometimes we, we forget what's going on and then wider world out there. Yeah, so what's recently what's going on in the world right now, especially with like Donald Trump, the US, the world, the conflicts, just want to draw students' attention to you know, what's going on around in the world. I think it would be just be nice that students would have their own voices in this matter. Um, you know, some people might say that we're only students, we're not experienced, we can't have a say in this, but I think what's the most important thing is that we practice our own voices, we practice conveying our opinions to the public so that when we graduate, uh, we actually step into the university and. Uh, and a society and a workforce who will actually be able to communicate effectively and 
you know, just deliver like critical thinking skills to not only peers in the university, but like also, you know, in the workforce as well. So I'm guessing, Stephen, that one of the people at the center of those heated discussions you were mentioning is Bart Scala, who coincidentally happens to uh, kind of be leading the charge in the uh, Ridley College Model United, uh, Model United Nations event that uh, is coming up pretty soon. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, of course, Jared. So yeah, Bart Scala is one of the leading members of our uh, RCM exec team, and we're thinking that we should broaden our vision to not only our club members, but to every single student in the Ridley community. So that's why we're hosting this model United Nations conference, and also we're inviting 52 other schools from the Niagara region, from the GTA area, and even from Buffalo, and Ridley together to join discussions like this, and including our Ridley students as well. I mean, like, I bet in our student body, there are more than 20 or 30 people that have their own ideas about politics, about um, world issues about international relationships, they just need a correct climate you know, for them to express their ideas and I feel like by organizing this event it is a perfect opportunity for them to just express their mind. Yeah for sure, so talking about expressing ourselves, your personal project was last year was about your cuisine and uh, your, your cooking channel on YouTube. You personally described yourself or compared yourself to Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to elaborate on uh, your cooking channel? Alright, thank you Ben, but I can never ever <laughs> compare myself to Gordon Ramsay. He is a god. I, I bought in his existence, but yeah. Yeah, for last year, my PP project, I did a YouTube channel um, featuring myself cooking traditional Asian cuisines. And the reason why I did that is because when I came to Canada, I saw all this like Chinese takeout and stuff, and the Chinese food we offer here by truck walls at the Great Hall. And they're super, super westernized. Like, we got chicken nuggets. Like, who serves chicken nuggets? It's, it's not Asian. Honestly, and they have like stir fries, which is like with shrimp and stuff. Like, I just don't get it. We don't have that in Asia. What yeah. about that bright red sauce that looks like it's radioactive? Is that not a real Chinese thing either? They're a disgrace to the Asian community. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about them. But yeah, that's the sole reason why I started my own YouTube channel. Is that I want to show people what real Chinese food looks like. You know, some people that have biases about like Asian food and stuff like that. I just want to show them like it's really delicious and it's easy to make and it will make your day, it's like, it's, it's great. So, it, the name is iCook1618, um, hit the like button and the subscribe button. Anytime on YouTube, I'm always welcome, you get new videos every single week. Yeah, yeah. do the same thing with the prefect report. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stephen, it sounds like your idea of Chinese cuisine is a little bit different to the Chartwell's Chinese cuisine, which, I, I don't know who probably, who has a better perspective on this. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, toss up. It's probably you. Uh, what is one thing that you want to say to Mr. Nagy? All right, Mr. Nagy, if you're hearing this, please, please, the next time you make something Asian, please consult an actual Asian before making it. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I think we're almost out of time here for your interview, Stephen, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank Good you for responding to, for, to my message on uh, keeping up with Hank and... We'd love to have you back sometime. All right. Thanks a lot, Ben. If you want to come on a future episode of the podcast, um, contact any of us at any time. We don't exactly have a huge waiting list right now, so we can probably get you on pretty quickly. Uh, ben, Jordan, any final thoughts? 
Just happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be nice, flourishing. <laughs> All right, for Ben Mandigo and Jordan Mitchell, this is Jared Sloan saying thanks for listening and see you next week. <laughs>